Hi everyone, it's uh, great to be with you again. Big shout out to our New Hope campuses at Warwick and Crow's Nest and here in Toowoomba and uh, wherever you're joining us from uh, around the globe, uh, it is wonderful to have you with us. You know, I think of all the negative feelings that we can experience as human beings. Perhaps one of the worst is uncertainty. And I think these times, this season we find ourselves in, is definitely testing that in us. Um, but the fact is, humanity has always gone through difficult and uncertain times together. Spare a thought for the 1914-1918 generation the people of the Great War. And uh, by the time hostilities had ended in 1918, 41 million people had become casualties, 20 million deaths, 21 million people wounded, many of them grievously maimed. But that wasn't all that generation faced. In 1917, before the end of hostilities, the Spanish influenza broke out, swept around the world, and by the time that was somehow brought under control around 1918, there's an estimate that between 75 and 100 million people had lost their lives. So this generation in the space of four years saw around 130 million uh, untimely deaths of their fellow neighbours and family and friends. And yet that generation somehow rose out of the rubble and went on to, to build nations. And, and we know certainly that the, the pain for humanity was not over with another world war right around the corner. But I do think looking at that particular generation can help us gain some perspective on what we face right now. You know, current events really have been such a shock, uh, an assault on the senses, an assault on our sense of well-being, our sense of security. Uh, these circumstances have brought an incredible sense of uncertainty and what is going to happen next to, to everyone, I believe. So I'd like to speak to that today and I want to speak about turning the tables on uncertainty. We've got to ask the question, you know, why do we get so shaken by events beyond our control? And, and obviously, there's the obvious answers like the health situation, and we should be concerned. And there's the financial situation, and yes, we should be concerned about those things. But I do tend to think that disaster, uh, uncontrollable circumstances tend to peel back the layers or peel back the veneer on some of the more deeper seated things that might even be subconscious. We, we might not necessarily consciously think about them, but I do think that they're a reality in why we feel so affected by events such as these. And so I, I want to throw out a few of those and then I want to look at uh, Scripture's response and how we can, uh, we can address these issues. I think one of the big things for this generation, an underlying issue, is the loss of control. Uh, 
that people are feeling. I don't think anyone could deny that maybe this generation more than any other uh, has a white knuckle grip on controlling everything it possibly can. Um, we, we even control gravity. If you look at the great fleets of airplanes that are now grounded, by the way, there was a time when we felt that most of the time we had gravity, even gravity, in check. Um, our standard of living has been shaken. We, we like to control our standard of living and, and I think even that has to be looked in the perspective uh, that that's not everyone's experience. As a matter of fact, you know, 85% of the world's wealth is held onto by 10% of the world's population. Uh, if you drill down on that statistic, 1%, uh, that top 1% of that 10% of the world's population are holding onto a massive 44 percent of the world's resources in that sense so you know standard of living is shaken yes for some a lot more than for others we find ourselves in an uncontrollable environment even disease most of the time we have tended to have responses to many things and then all of a sudden we don't and so i think there is this sense of loss of control that can underpin even subconsciously, some of the uncertainty people are feeling at the moment. Uh, another thought for me is loss of individualism. When I look around at our society, we certainly have championed individualism. We are fiercely individualistic. And I think there is a certain uh, question out there, again, a subliminal one, a, a subconscious one of how dare this drag me into the collective. All of a sudden, I'm not as individualistic as I once was. You know, we are generally able to separate ourselves from the pack, if I'd put it that way, with the car that we drive, with the clothes that we wear, with the tattoo that we get, uh, with the extremely complicated coffee order that we give. We cherish our individualism, but all of a sudden we're in the same boat at the same time. Everyone seems susceptible. As a matter of fact, everyone is. And individualism is being frowned upon as people bend rules even to try and be that little bit individualistic. And all of a sudden, individualism is on the outer about. The only way you can is if you're into social media games, the way that you dance the TikTok tune is maybe our last resort as maintaining some sense of individualism. And I think that that strikes at the core of the human heart and this sense of uncertainty. Our loss of entitlement is another issue, I think. And, and I know that certain older generations like to brand certain emerging generations with the term entitled or entitlement. But in truth, I'm not sure whether it's possible to have grown up post-World War II without, in some sense, buying into entitlement. And I think some people are feeling it at the moment when there are, you know, questions of the heart or there are, there are certain things rolling around in us like, I'm above this, you can't do this to me. You know, I have people to see, I have places to go. I was living a carefree life. I was studying for my future. I was building a career. I was, I was building a business. I was enjoying retirement. And all of these things are good things. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden we've lost 
our entitlement to those things, maybe it reveals that we really did feel that we were entitled to them. And I think it brings us to the hard truth. And that is when it comes to the things of this world, you can never be certain. And this is one of the great paradoxes of life. Because the fact is, human existence is both incredibly robust and incredibly fragile all at the same time. There, and there's something about disaster that awakens us to our vulnerabilities. And, and as much as we all want to live forever, everyone wants that. It is only the certainty that we won't that even gets us out of bed. This is what energizes life. It's this great paradox. This is what makes life, life. It propels us forward with a sense of expectancy, looking for opportunity to maximize the experience that we're having. And, and that is the great paradox of life, that, that death gives life its meaning. I love what the writer of Hebrews says when he's talking about people who lived by faith and lived with their hearts set on the promises of God. And the writer says, These all died in faith, this whole generation, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They were travelling through. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. In other words, these people of faith in this generation the writer's talking about looked for the future that God had for them. And when they did, it created a restlessness in them that, that took them beyond just wanting to keep up with the Joneses or mimicking the culture around them. They set their hearts on something else. And uh, sometimes that's been interpreted as somewhere else, as in, as in heaven, that concept. But I don't believe it was that at all. I think it was something else. Even as Jesus taught us to pray, pray that God's kingdom and his will would be done on earth as in heaven. It's not somewhere else. It is a longing for something else. But when our whole investment is in the stability of this current social construct or this governance or, or this financial system, this economy, then we will always be vulnerable to the shakings that it will inevitably experience. But hey, this is the whole point of faith. That fact that our hearts can be anchored on something different, not on winning the lottery, not on climbing to the top of the right ladder, uh, not on simply defending a happy, affluent and pain-free existence. Faith calls us to transcend that so that no matter what the station of life we find ourselves in, no matter what the season of life we're experiencing, we can find contentment and stability within that environment of faith. So no matter how much this society or the systems of this world shake, our hearts are grounding, grounded in something so much deeper. Now, the writer of Hebrews declares again, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. Literally, what he is saying is that we can have a hope and anchor our hope on something that stretches all the way to eternity. 
And you've got to remember the context that, that this writer was writing in. This was written in the context, the whole New Testament, of the global empire of imperial Rome. You could literally put it this way, was written while the whole world languished under the jackboot of Rome. Most of it is written under fierce persecution toward anyone who held faith, toward anyone who believed anyone else besides Caesar was God. And yet what the writer of Hebrews is saying is hope can connect us to something eternal, something unshakable. The author could still boldly proclaim, even in the worst of times, my soul is not adrift on a tide of uncertainty. My soul has been uh, set on. My hope has been placed in. My soul has been anchored on a certain hope that we have through faith in Jesus Christ. And so a couple of questions for us to consider. I mean, Friend, what is shaking you the most at the moment? What is causing the greatest fear of uncertainty in you at the moment? And and a great question, I think, for us to finish with is, are you most aware of being adrift on uncertainty or being anchored to an eternal hope? You know, when you close your eyes and think of the situation, what is uppermost in your mind the current uncertainty or an eternal hope that you have Uh, i'd love to pray for you all right now Uh, heavenly father for everyone who's watching this i want to thank you for them thank you for our lives thank you for life itself what a gift even in difficult circumstances and and so father i pray that everyone under the sound of my voice would find that place of security that find that place of eternal hope that anchors the soul even in uncertain times we can we can actually get through uncertainty to a place of certainty and a place of hope and joy in the midst of difficult times help us navigate that path father in jesus name i pray and uh and hey maybe being in this environment uh, is not your usual thing maybe the current circumstances have actually brought you to church uh online this might be one of your first experiences uh, i, I want to encourage you hang around because i'd like to speak specifically to you next <laughs>